What's up, what's up, people? Welcome to another episode of the Lagos to London podcast, and I'm your host, Sin. Sin is spelled S Y N. This is a podcast about migration, mental health, and musings in between. I'll be sharing tips from immigration, stories of the black immigrant life. I'm hoping you all will show me some love by downloading, subscribing, and spreading the word about this podcast. If you're a new listener, welcome, welcome, welcome. If you're an oldie, clap for yourself. You guys are so much. Thank you for listening again. You are too, 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 too much. The responses to the old uh, previous podcast episodes has been so, so great. Thank you so much for engaging. If you haven't listened to the previous podcast, please do well to check it out. I saw the messages. I replied every single one of them. Thank you so much. Today's topic is the immigrant checklist, then things to do before you relocate. A lot of people have been sending me emails saying, where do I begin? What do I do first? How do I go about things? What do I search for basically? They're probably thinking of relocating, but they don't know where to start from. If this is you, then you're in luck because in today's episode, I'm going to cover some of the questions you've been asking. Some of you sent me an email on how to begin your journey. And I'm going to attend to some of these questions today. For some, it's kind of easy to go to Google and search for what they want, but to others, it's not quite simple. In this podcast, I'll be sharing a 10-step template with you. It's a simple one-page template that has 10 steps. You can check it as you go. In fact, there's an episode for some of the things on this template. In my previous episode, I already explained some of the things here. So do well to listen and refresh your memory on some of the things I said in the previous podcast. I explain in template. I'm going to link you up with the episode where I explain things in detail so you can listen more. But I want to say this real quick. Before you think of relocating, especially to the UK, just go and keep nothing less than 5 million naira if you do not have any type of scholarship. Aside the information which I'm here to give you, Finance is something that has stopped a lot of people from making any kind of move. You have to pay for your visa, pay for your health insurance, pay for your flight, pay for your accommodation, pay for your tuition deposit, keep money for living expenses. It just doesn't end. There's no amount of God help me away, I wish you, that will keep that expense away. So you just have to make money. You just have to spend that money. You just have to keep money. So money is involved any way you look at it. And for Nigeria, where our currency is not really that great, it costs a whole lot, especially when all these expenses are factored in. I'm saying this because pounds is like the only currency with a surname. And a currency that has two names, a name and a surname, which is technically still one name, but two names, you know what I mean. You know how expensive it is when you convert it to Naira. And you know that the pound sterling is higher than the dollar. So if you're thinking of moving to the UK, you might as well keep big bucks to ensure that your travel plans are met. Because if you do not offer sufficient proof of funds, no one is going to give you a visa. I'm saying this because even if you get admission to Oxford or Cambridge or any Ivy League, if you don't have the supporting proof of funds, they are not going to give you a visa. Proof of funds consists of the rest of your tuition, that's I'm assuming that you've paid your tuition deposit, and your living expenses for the duration of your studies. That is what together has to match what you know as a proof of funds. So the rest of your tuition, 
you've paid the tuition deposit but if you've not paid your tuition deposit your whole tuition and your living expenses this is what we call proof of funds now for me it was very very easy to calculate my proof of funds because my school has this page on their website where they tell you how much proof of funds is so what you do is calculate how much living expenses are in city where you are and then multiply by the number of months you have on the program that will give you like a rough estimate of how much you should have in your account when you submit your 28-day statement for example let's say your tuition is ten thousand pounds and your living expense in the city of the school is about a thousand pounds a month if you've paid two thousand for your tuition deposit and you have eight thousand to balance for your tuition for a 12 months program your proof of funds will be one thousand pounds which is the living expense for the month plus eight thousand pounds which is the rest of the deposit so what you do is take the one thousand pounds which is your living deposit for a month multiplied by 12 which is the number of months you're going to stay in the city which would be 12,000 pounds if you add that 12,000 pounds to 8,000 pounds which is the rest of your tuition you have a total of 20,000 pounds that 20,000 pounds is ideally give and take approximately an equivalent is what you need to have in your account for the 28 day period it doesn't matter if it's a loan it doesn't matter if the money we did then will be your own provided they can see how the money got there and the money didn't just magically appear there you know within that 28 day period you can show that okay this money is from a loan from somewhere or it's from your parents or stuff like that that money must be in your account for at least 28 days it doesn't matter if it's a loan let that money be in your account and then you can take it to the embassy first of all you take it to the bank they give you a statement that is duly stamped and signed and then you can take it to the embassy when it's time to process your visa but finance aside let's say finance aside finance aside having the right information is crucial so let's go back to our checklist i've created a simple checklist it's super 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 easy to understand and it helps you check things as you go so get a pen and paper and take this down if you don't have a pen and paper listen to this spot over and over again so that you can have the tips at the back of your mind let's get into it number one number one i say again number one ask yourself why you are leaving number two make a promise to see to the end number three look for pathways to leave number four decide on the country number five start looking for scholarship options number six make a plan b if scholarship fails number seven figure out how much the plan will cost number eight start raising money number nine do more research number 10 start the process i'm going to take it again so you understand it if you didn't get all the points please rewind feel free to rewind this podcast and take it as you go but let me take it one more time before we go into the explanations number one ask yourself why you're leaving number two make a promise to see it at the end number three look for pathways to leave number four decide on the country number five start looking for scholarship options number six make a plan b if scholarship fails number seven figure out how much the plan will cost number eight start raising money number nine do more research number 10 start the process i'm going to take the points one after the other to explain them so sit back 
relax, let's go into the points. Let's take the points one after the other. Number one is ask yourself why you are leaving. There's a reason I started with this point because it has to do with mental rather than physical. If you set your mind to achieving a goal, it always looks impossible to achieve. Yeah, because your mind is like the first place where you tell yourself, are we doing this? Can we do this? Yes, we can do it. Let us do it. If you've not listened to the first episode of this podcast titled, Why Are You Running? Please do so. I explain how my why was integral in me telling my mind we can do this and how I finally achieved it. So please listen to it again so that you can get some inspiration and decide on if this relocation journey is for you. I spoke about that point for like 30 minutes and it gives you a good understanding of why I left. So the reason why you should have a strong reason for leaving is that relocation planning, it gets tiring quickly, especially if you're doing it on your own. It can be really frustrating. You know, things you think are simple, they are not so simple. Where do you, what schools do you check out? What's the criteria for checking out schools? Things like that. You need a community, someone to ask questions. Someone who has been there, someone who has done it before. You need somebody. And if you're reaching out to people, they are not answering you. All they know is, oh, let's do admission, take admission to this school. But you need someone you can talk to. It becomes frustrating at some point. So for the longest time, even leaving, getting the morale to leave, I didn't have that in me. Because you hear stories of people going to wash plate or wash dead body abroad, just to feed, you know, people doing all kinds of odd jobs. And I didn't want that to be me. There was a lot of what ifs, what if I don't get a job, what if, what if it's a bad idea, what if, what if, what if, what if it's too cold, and I don't like the cold. So until I found a strong reason, I didn't want to leave because I wasn't exactly hustling for food in Nigeria. I was doing well by several standards, you know what I mean? But I still left because it was the choice I made mentally, physically, emotionally. I made the choice and I decided to leave. So yeah, once I got that morale, the morale sustained me and motivated me until I landed the UK. So you need morale to make that journey. That morale will motivate you when things prove extremely difficult. Number two, find out if you have the energy to see the journey through or make a promise to see it to the end. This is closely connected to the why. I remember when I was making my applications and I was asking some people who had already traveled how they did it. Many of them didn't answer me. (laughs) You know, maybe it's the time difference. Maybe when they were doing their own, nobody answered them. So why would they have answered me? Maybe they didn't owe me anything. And I can totally understand that. But I'm not going to lie for you. A lot of people who are traveling, they do it on their own. Every information they need, they search for it themselves. But they pay someone to do that work for them. So if you don't have the energy to be self-motivated, you can lose your steam along the way. And abandon the project if you are not strong enough to criteria. So no matter what happens, make a promise to say to the end if you want to relocate. Number three, look for pathways to leave, either work or study. There are so many ways to migrate, especially to the UK. There's the global talent visa, there's the study route, there's the work route, there's the startup route, etc. You need to figure out the best way. 
or should I say the way you can afford or the way that is easiest to achieve whatever goal you have if I knew if I knew what I now know I would have used the start of this route to go to the UK for life I'm telling you the honest fact now it should have been more affordable for me but I didn't have that information I didn't know there was no one to tell me of that information so I thought it was only work and study and entrepreneurship and since I didn't have 50,000 pounds for the innovator visa I decided to go for study because work would have taken more time and needed more certifications and I didn't want to write one healthcare or something something exam wait I didn't want to write L-E-I-E-O-T-S I didn't want to write IELTS. I was adamant. I said no. I think it was about 70,000 that time. I don't know how much it is now. Maybe that's gotten to 90 or something. Or maybe it's still the same price. I don't know. I didn't want to write IELTS because I found it ridiculous that I'll be writing uh, English proficiency tests when, you know, I'm a student of the Commonwealth. We were colonized by the UK, by Britain and then you know, Britain wants me to take this IELTS test I purposely didn't want to write it because you start reading for, ah no 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 even that was one of the reasons why I didn't go to the US I didn't want to write diary, I didn't want to write TOEFL like, and I know I'm not doing any tests, I'll get my first degree it was taught in English for crying out loud. Living in an English-speaking country, despite the fact that we have several, we have several tribes in Nigeria, several ethnic groups. English is the official language. So why would I want to take IELTS? I was like, no, I'm not doing this. So, but <laughs> in fact, eh, this whole journey for me, I don't know. It was work, study, or business. Those were the options I had at the time the information i had those were the options i thought i had i never knew that there were other visa options so at the end of the day i chose study i chose study so you listening to me today you have the advantage because you have this information at your fingertip now consider all the options global talent startup route work route study route consider all the options check your pocket and discover what works best and fastest for you what works best and fastest for you some people get theirs their passport indefinitely to remain three years some five years so figure out what route is best for you the next point we're going to talk about is number four after choosing a pathway decide on the country if you haven't listened to the first episode where i explained the reason i chose the uk over canada please do so for me i didn't want to go to germany or korea or any european or asian country no offense to these countries there's nothing wrong with going to any of these countries but it just wasn't for me number one i didn't know how to speak the language and secondly i wasn't prepared to start learning you know there's a way you not know something and you want to learn for me i wasn't ready i didn't know come go in german or in mandarin and i wasn't prepared to learn in my old age so for me those questions those countries 
were out of the question. I wanted a country where English is the official language. And for the UK and so parts of Canada, it's English. So yeah, it was between Canada and UK for me. US would have been nice, but I didn't want to go just for schooling. And I didn't want to ride GRE as well. I wanted a clear pathway towards a new passport. And the UK showed me the ways how to get it. There was a three-year plan, there was a five-year plan, there was a 10-year plan. So everything is clear when it comes to the UK. If you want to marry somebody for, <coughs> you know, everything is clear. You know what I mean? So the choice was pretty much made for me. You two can decide on the country. Some choose Germany because it's kind of cheaper despite the language barrier and some choose the US. I have a friend who lives in Germany. You know, he went there because he didn't have to spend a lot. He got scholarship, all the masters he has been, he has like three masters now. All the masters he has been doing all on scholarship. He lives in Germany, works in Germany. He knows how long it's gonna take to get PR. Has, so once he gets his, his PR, he can move wherever he wants to. He's not really proficient in the language, but he gets by because Germany is affordable for him, unlike the UK. So he, he chose that route and some other person might decide to choose another route. Korea, I know, and China, they give a lot of scholarships. So discover the country that works for you, discover what your budget is and just make the move. It depends on you and your priorities. After choosing the country, start looking for scholarship options for your intended program. This is the next point. In my third episode, How to Raise Money to Japan, I shared how scholarship should be the first option for anyone looking to school abroad. It doesn't matter the country. Look for scholarships and if you don't see, only then should you consider paying international fees. When I searched for scholarships and I didn't see, that was when I had no choice but to pay international fees. It wasn't easy. <laughs> it wasn't easy because when it was time to repay my loan, oh Lord, I walked. I, you see Jackie, Jackie the lane walk. I walked because I had a limited time to set my loan. And for most of the time I was schooling, I couldn't work full time. So when school was over and I had a couple of months left on my visa, I had to use that short window to work as much as possible in order to meet my loan repayment date. So I had to wait till I was done, my, done with my schooling. But when I was done with my schooling, oh Lord, I worked in order to offset the loan I had. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. I won't lie for you. It's not easy. It's not easy, but it's doable. So consider scholarship options and if that doesn't work, then you've tried your best. The next point I have on my list is make a plan B in case scholarship doesn't come true. If you're interested in going to the UK, they rarely give scholarships. This point is basically self-explanatory. Make a plan B. If a scholarship doesn't come true or you're not selected, how do you plan to fund your journey? I already explained four ways to raise money in a previous episode, so check that out. I'm not going to repeat that again. The episode is already 30 minutes. That one, so listen to it and you will see some tips on how to raise money for your travel. If you're going with your dependents, ensure you have enough money to cater for them, especially living expenses. If you have young children, also factor in nanny care. 
because if you leave your children in the house alone in the UK, le kwagi le child services, le gi le kwa police, <laughs> your neighbors will call police for you and accuse you of child endangerment. They will take your children away from you. So please ensure you have money for your child, man, that while you go to work or while you school. If you're coming with your husband or your wife, one of you can stay at home or work full time while the other schools and works part time. Please, please, and please. The next point we have here is figure out how much the whole plan will cost you and how to raise the money. Simple mathematics, simple planning, simple economics. How much is your education going to cost? This cost includes tuition fees if you plan to study, visa fee, flights, health insurance, tests, accommodation, feeding, even renewing your passport in whatever passport office, transportation to and fro, paying for one or two things, sorting things out, have a budget for this thing, get an estimate of the amount, add extra just in case. After getting the sum, how do you plan to raise the money? Through loans, through savings, figure it out. I spoke on how to raise money in a previous episode, so please check out that podcast, very very important. Next point here is start raising the money. Start raising the money as quickly as possible. The more you delay, the more the money increases. Nigerian exchange rate is, is not favorable now. Exchange rate is not your mate, but what is going on in the world today advise you to start raising the money as much as possible please 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 do anything you're doing do it fast fail now fail forward the next point is seek more information by doing research keep doing research keep asking questions that's what i'm here for send me an email the ones i can answer i'll answer the ones i cannot answer i'll join you in doing research or you can do the research on your own keep asking questions keep searching Please, 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 I really, really love this dream to come true for you if this is what you want. Let's put hands together to make sure that you relocate successfully. Because the person where they ask questions, you know they lost. Unless, of course, you ask a Nigerian for direction. That one is your own wahala. The next and last point there is start the process and hope for the best. It's important that you start. Believe me. It's important that you start. It's not enough that you wish. It's not enough that you hope. It is important that you start. A lot of people waste so much time trying to find the right time before they leave. I'm telling you now, there's no perfect time like the present. I left in the middle of a pandemic and sometimes I, I look at decisions I'm like, did I leave at the right time? You know what I mean? You know, coming here where there was lockdown stuff like that but on the other hand i said to myself when would have been the right time to come so you can either see the glass half full or half empty it totally totally depends on you it depends on your outlook in life so it's your choice start now start the process don't delay so those are the explanation of all the points i'm going to take the points again so that you can keep it at the back of your mind number one ask yourself why you're leaving number two make a promise to see it at the end number three look for pathways to leave number four decide on the country number five start looking for scholarship options number six make a plan b if scholarship fails number seven figure out how much the plan will cost number eight start raising money number nine do research and number ten start the process 
I hope this one page template has been helpful. It's just 10 steps and a one page template. I hope it has been helpful because that's all I have for you for today. Let me know what you think about this episode. Let me know what you think about this checklist. You can reply in the comments. I think there's a voice feature for replying either on Anchor or Spotify. I can't really tell. But send me a comment if you would like to tell me anything. Or you can send me an email, the Lag London Pod. The Lag London Pod is T-H-E-L-A-G-L-D-N-P-O-D at gmail.com. The same handles across Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Let me know what you think about this topic. Hit the subscribe button. <laughs> Please share this podcast. Please share this podcast. If you haven't listened to the previous episode, please do. There's so much information out there. I'm sure you enjoy. Once again, thank you for listening to this episode. If you have any questions or you need someone to talk to about your travel plans, send me an email or a DM on any of my social media handles, the Lab London Pod. Most of your questions will be answered in subsequent episodes. So subscribe and stay tuned. I'll leave you now till next time. My name is Sin and safe travels.